So friends, on this fourth and final Sunday of Advent, we come to the theme of love. Love that the Christ child will bring into this world. Love that God holds uh, for us in coming into the world and coming into our existence through Christ. Our carol for this final Sunday is Once in Royal David's City. I love this carol. It's a melodic tune, but also it's words that at times feel so simple and straightforward, and at others so profound and deep theologically. It's the only carol that I can find that reflects Jesus' life as a child, and as a result has some of the most human portrayals of Jesus. Saying Jesus is our childhood's pattern day by day, like us he grew. He was weak, little, helpless, tears and smiles like us he knew. I learned this week that uh, our, our carol was written along with several others in an attempt to illustrate various lines of the Apostles' Creed for children. In particular, for this, uh, with this carol, for this line of the Creed, conceived by the Holy Ghost, and born of the Virgin Mary. But for our purposes in this Advent carol series, I want us to look at the last verse. And our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love. For that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. Friends, these are very clear Advent words at the close of a beloved Christmas carol. These are words that express our longing for God to come near yet again. They're words of hope that this child whose birth we celebrate at Christmas will come again and through his love bring us face to face with God. This leads us to our reading today, which strangely the lectionary takes us to a passage in Luke just before Mary's song that we uh, heard and, and uh, reflected on together last Sunday. Here, Mary receives the Annunciation from the angel Gabriel, telling her of her role as the bearer of God. This passage, which we'll hear again in our Lessons and Carols uh, Thursday for Christmas Eve, is often overlooked as simply the lead-in to the story of Jesus' birth. But there are some truly important moments here that cannot be overlooked. The angel Gabriel shows up to find Mary, a virgin or young woman engaged to be married from Nazareth. As a woman, and particularly as a young unmarried woman, Mary was without status in her world in first century Judea. She had no standing in the community, nor do we even learn that she's from an important family. That's her fiancé, Joseph's family, that's noted to be of the line of David. Add, this, add to this lack of status that she is from a small and all but forgotten town in Galilee called Nazareth. So all this lead-up Luke provides tells a first-century reader that there should be nothing at all so special about this young woman. Yet it is to this young woman that the angel addresses, saying, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. God chooses an unlikely person to be the bearer of God, to give birth to God's own son. 
It's no wonder her first response to this is, how can this be? Yet God's love and favor is not bound to social standing or any other markers of our world. Instead, God's love and favor is given by grace alone. Indeed, as the angel says, nothing will be impossible with God. Even Mary's relative Elizabeth has been given a child when she thought that such a thing was impossible. And this child will prepare the way for Mary's, even leaping in Elizabeth's womb when first meeting Mary just uh, after our text. We can certainly note Mary's faithfulness here. She boldly says to the angel upon this groundbreaking announcement, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary, as a young woman, still not married, was just told she was about to bear a child. You can imagine the social danger this might cause her in the ancient world. But another factor, another danger, was uh, physical danger. As death and childbirth was so common that one scholar said that giving birth was among the most dangerous tasks in the ancient world. Yet she replies to these dangers and to this call to be the bearer of God by saying, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me according to your word. The faithfulness of Mary is certainly to be praised and emulated and, and uh, sought after, but it seems to me that there's something bigger for which we can stand in awe and wonder in this text. And for that, we must go back to the angel's welcome to Mary. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Have you ever felt favored? That someone went out of their way to make you feel welcomed and included? I know I have. As a child growing up in, in central Michigan in the shadow of Michigan State University, I remember going to their basketball camp put on each year that was led by their coaches and players. And I went to the camp for the first time around the age of eight or nine. To be fair, I was pretty terrible at basketball and was much shorter than the others. I remember feeling discouraged in drills and scrimmages and that I was likely the worst player in my age group at the camp. Then I remember one of the star Spartan players offering to work with me one-on-one -on -one with my jump shot. As you can imagine, this made me feel so special, favored, welcome. My confidence was renewed uh, at this invitation to keep at it and to not give up. To be honest, friends, I'm still pretty terrible at basketball, but that moment of someone reaching out and making me feel included, welcomed, favored, made such a difference to me. The angel comes to Mary, this poor, young, unmarried woman from a flyover town, and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Against any preconceptions of the world at the time, she is the one chosen to be the bearer of God, to bring God's own word and light into the world. This moment of God choosing Mary to bring God's son into the world is almost as if God says to each one of us, no matter where we find ourselves in life's journey, that we are favored. 
God is with us. That God loves us. Even and perhaps especially when we feel like we are not worthy or deserving of it. In essence, it's a reminder that each of us bears God's image. That we are God's children. In this time of pandemic and fear and so much loss of loved ones, traditions, and just flat out loss of normalcy. It's so comforting to hear yet again that God has not forgotten us. In fact, God is working to bring about healing and wholeness and redemption. That God still calls us beloved, favored. That we too are called to be bearers of God's image in the world. Like Mary, we might well ask, how can this be? Yet the angel reminds us that the answer, time and time again, that nothing will be impossible with God. God can show up, and God will show up, in the least likely moment, the least likely person, to bring about redemption, healing, and peace. This is what we long for in Advent, friends. This is what we hope for as we come to the town limits of the royal uh, city of David, Bethlehem. As the carol says, and our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love. Renewed by the angel's words, promising God's presence, inspired by Mary's faithfulness, may we seek to see our Lord's redeeming love breaking into our midst here and now. May we help others to see that they too are called beloved favored by God. And as we journey onward to Bethlehem, let us be led by our Lord to the place where he is gone. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all.